I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Okay, I'm going to read the words. Are you ready? Yeah, wait, hold on. I'm going to Google Doc. Rise, build, trust, passion, Tenacious reps. I like that one. Somebody wants reps. Nice. <laughs> All right, at least that's how I interpret it. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 19 years, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this week's episode, Sarah and I discuss staying on your path. Then we answer a listener question about ratings. And in our Take a Hike segment, we'll discuss digital decluttering. Then we're going to call the brilliant Jane Espenson to share a Hollywood hack. And finally, we have a two-for-one hiking celebrity sighting. But first, Sarah, we have an update. Yes. We had our meetup. It was on March 3rd at the Federal in North Hollywood. And oh, my God, it was packed. It was packed. And I mean, in a way, thank God we had to move from idle yes. hour because the Federal space was bigger. Yes. It was so crowded and hot. I was like, I'm yes. going to die We were in apologizing here. to everyone yes. about how hot it was. But it really was a reminder of how great our Happier in Hollywood community is. They're so supportive. Everyone was talking to each other and making connections, sharing their words. We all shared our words. Uh, We wrote them down on pieces of paper, put them in a bowl, and then went around talking to each other about our words and what we're doing to encompass our words of the year. And we have to tell everyone, we then took the words (laughs) and had Mary, because for those who don't know, Mary— is a witch, good witch. Um, we had her do a spell for the words to bless everyone. So um, you can see that in our Facebook group. Yeah, I was videotaping it, and I have to say I found it kind of oddly moving and yes. powerful. Was, I liked watching Mary meditate at the end. I know. We didn't videotape that part. That was mostly <laughs> entertainment for us. <laughs> 
But Sarah, I have to say, I was so gratified at the meetup because one young woman, probably early 20s, came up to me and said that she felt like our episode on what to wear to a meeting had actually helped her get a job at a major studio. Yes. She said she'd been planning to wear sort of a corporate suit. That's what she thought you wore to a job interview. And then she listened Which, to her. by the way, makes sense. Oh, of if course. If you're from somewhere else, that's what you think you wear. And by the way, when I interviewed at magazines in New York after college, yeah. that's what I wore. And, of course, it was completely wrong. And I didn't get a job. <laughs> right. She heard what we said, which was, you know, wear something a little more hip, a little more not, not corporate. casual, but not corporate. Yeah. And anyway, she said she wore black jeans and a blue shirt with flowers on it that she felt was very chic. And she got the job, and the reason it's especially notable is they told her when she started working, like, oh, we just, you just looked like you would fit right in here. And she was recently promoted. So congratulations to her. That was, she told me the same thing, and it was so exciting. Yeah. It's very, it is gratifying to be like, okay, these little things we say, they make a difference. Yeah, I was like fist pumping. I was so happy. Yeah, it was really, really fun to meet everyone. So thanks, everyone, for coming. We'll have more meetups, and um, next time, hopefully it won't be so hot. (laughs) Okay, Sarah, it's time for From the Treadmill Desks Of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's Stay On Your Path. Yes, we were hiking Fryman Canyon, as we do many mornings these days. It's like our pre-work work work time. Um, And we were talking about all of these things that are kind of circling us right now and impending. Stressful things. Stressful, (laughs) very stressful things that we really can't do anything about. Yes. And you said we just need to stay on our path, which was perfect timing because we were actually walking on a path at the time. <laughs> yes. The literal so really resonated. <laughs> and we were like, yes, we have to stay on our path because these things, like, we should talk about the things that are circling. Yeah. yeah. So we've got the reviews of the fix coming out, which we're recording this like a couple days before they come out. Um, so we don't know if they're going to be great or horrible or a mix or what. And there's Hopefully nothing we can do great. about them. There are people out yes. there right now writing reviews yes. of our show. We can't control the words coming out of their computers and fingers. Yes. And, you know, it's like, ugh. And then we've got, of course, r- impending ratings. Yes. I mean, the ratings, are we live or die, basically, on ratings. Yeah. So. It's not that our career is over if the show doesn't do well, but it's the stakes are very, very high. If the show does do well, it will be tremendously good for our career. Yeah. Obviously. And if it does okay, it'll probably be okay Yeah. also. It's just, you know, everyone knows our word for the year is explode. Yes. We want the show to do well enough that we can pursue our exploding road, our exploding path. Yeah. And I think the show, when this airs, will have premiered already. So those numbers will be out. Oh, my gosh. And we are just sitting here like, oh, boy. Yes, we are in the dark. Yeah. At this very moment. Yes. And that makes it really hard to stay focused. Yeah. And stay at all zen. Yeah. Not that I'm ever zen, but I'm less zen now. Right. 
There's something else that's very stressful that's going on for writers in Los Angeles and agents. So right now, there's a conflict between the Writers Guild and the ATA, which stands for the Association of Talent Agents. And it's too inside baseball to go into the details of this, but the upshot is that writers and their agents could end up parting ways, at least until this is sorted out, which means the people that we rely and trust, like Matt Solo, we could have to, you know— Temporarily say goodbye to, which would be— Yes, and that would be very— Very um, sad. Yes, and we don't want that to happen, but there's all these negotiations going on. Again, too much to get into the details, but we're hoping it all works out. But it's this massive sort of stressful abyss um, out there. And again, over which we have no control. Yeah. What can we do, Liz? Um, I think hiking, yeah, stay on our path. We can stay on our path. Yes, stay on our path. (laughs) And that involves exercise, which is one reason we're making a real point to hike as much as we can. Mm -hmm. It means staying focused on our creative projects. Yes. Both thinking of season two for the fix, because at some point, hopefully, we'll be pitching that. Right. And also working on our other projects, developing new shows, you know, working on our upcoming writer's retreat. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the path to, to exploding is a long path. Yeah. And that's our focus. With all of these things going on that we can't control, we just have to put our heads down and focus on the things we can control, which yeah, and- is sort of our mental and physical health and the work. Just focus on the work. Yeah. And I mean, this obviously applies to us, but I think it applies to anyone. I mean, everybody's got stuff going on around them that they can't control that can sort of try to pull you off your path. Right. It can be life stuff, work stuff. We all have it. You could, your company could be undergoing restructuring, like many things could be happening. And the best thing to do is just put your head down and move forward. The other thing we realized the other day, because we're forcing our—I mean, we have to keep reminding ourselves. This doesn't just happen. You didn't just (laughs) say that. And I said, good idea, and we never worried about these things again. It's a constant thing of we get sidetracked, and then we're like, wait, wait, we've got to stay on our path, and we'll stop talking about these stressful things. The other day, we had sort of a real insight, a revelation about some strategy in our career— And we realized, okay, we never would have had this had we not forced ourselves to stay moving forward on our path. Right. Because we would have been going down a rabbit hole about ratings yeah. <laughs> instead of talking about our career. Yeah. Our path. Our path. Our creative yeah. path. Yeah. So in these times, we just remind ourselves to put on our sturdiest hiking shoes, yes. metaphorically and literally, and stay on the path. Whatever your personal path is. Just stay right on it and focus on what you can control. Um, and everybody, we would love to hear how you stay on your path. Um, so please email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Yes. And speaking of ratings, coming up, we will answer a mailroom question about just that. But first, a break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like calorie smart, protein plus, and keto. Factor's 
fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Liz, now it's time for our segment, The Mail Room, in which we answer a listener question about the entertainment industry. And we've gotten a couple questions about ratings mm. recently, uh, which we appreciate. Lauren wrote in and asked, hey, y'all, love the show. I'm super excited for the fix. So are we. However, I literally never watch live TV. Does it still count for ratings if I watch it within 24 hours on Hulu? Um, and then we also got an anonymous question. The question is, I have set up my DVR for The Fix, but then was thinking it might be better for the show's ratings to watch it live. Does it matter when we watch for our view to count in the ratings? I am not a Nielsen family, but want to help as much as I can. Well, first of all, thank you. Thank you. Yes, we appreciate that. <laughs> um, and we honestly weren't really sure ourselves how ratings work. So yes. we put in a call to the network and yes. found an answer, which is basically that ratings that come out the next day only include live, well, come out the next day and the live plus three and live plus seven numbers that are all important um, now. They only include live viewing, DVR viewing, and video on demand playback from your cable provider. Right. Hulu and streaming, those are reported separately through something called multi-platform ratings, and those come out like a week later. And they also don't really count, it sounds like. Right. They're not really the... taken into consideration. Yeah. As for whether it's better to watch live or on DVR, I think if you're not a Nielsen family, it's probably better to watch on DVR because all the DVR numbers count. Count. Right. Yes. Right? Yeah. Now, if you're approaching this strategically— yes. I think the best thing to do would be to watch it on DVR, but like that night or the next morning. Right. So that it counts as same day viewing. Mm, oh, that's good. Um, because I believe all the DVRs are counted, whereas if you're watching live, only Nielsen families are counted. Oh, that makes sense. Um, not that we want to discourage you from watching it live um, because it's so fun to watch live. But I think that would be best. Yeah. Also, feel free to watch live and then watch, watch it again. again. <laughs> it's really good. You'll enjoy it at least <laughs> twice. So the show's already aired. So we have the overnight ratings already. But in terms of live plus three, live plus seven, if you have it DVR'd, go ahead and watch it. Those numbers will count. And, you know, watch it a lot. <laughs> Thank you all for caring. Yes, we, we do. It. We really do. Okay, Sarah, it's time for Take a Hike, in which we talk about mental, physical, or spiritual health. And today it's mental health, digital decluttering. You have been doing this. I have. I did Gretchen's 21-Day Outer Order Challenge, which um, she did right before her book, Outer Order, Inner Calm, came out. Yes, which we recommend to everybody. It's of course. It's a great book. It is really good. and. 
basically, it's about unsubscribing from emails. Like, I would wake up in the morning and get, like, a hundred or more emails that are just, like, crap I don't want. And, you know, delete, 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 mm-hmm. delete, delete, delete. And it takes time and it takes energy. And then over the course of the day, you get more. So as part of the Outer Order Challenge, I unsubscribed from all of these emails. And it really, like, is kind of life-changing. Well, here's what I don't get, because I went through this at one point. I said, let me unsubscribe from all these emails. I unsubscribed to probably 20 different companies, and yet I still continued to get emails from them. (laughs) And so I just gave up and said, okay, forget it. I became convinced I was actually making it worse by trying to unsubscribe. Okay, well, here's what I would say. I think many companies, first of all, it takes time to get off the list. It can take Mm. a day or a week or whatever. But many companies have multiple lists. Ah. So I don't know if this is the case with J.Crew, but I'm going to use them as an example. They have their sale list. They have their other list. They have their uh, new items list. Ah. They have their kids list. They have it, right? So Exactly. So you have to be kind of tenacious about it and stick with it over several days, maybe even a week or two weeks to kind of really get off of all of the lists. Okay. It really does make a difference. It's so nice now to just, like, only have the emails that I want. Okay, I'm going to get back into it, and I'll let you know if I have more success this time. You can do it. No, wait, are you also, um, like, deleting apps? Are you decluttering your phone? Yes, I have been decluttering my phone, deleting apps that I don't use or don't want, and sort of trying to organize them more in folders because I have a ton of apps. I don't know why, but I just, that's, I accumulate apps. You're an over-buyer, which goes to over-apping, yes, exactly. even if you're not buying. I'm definitely over-apped. Okay. So I'm working on it. Okay, Sarah, you're inspiring me. I'm going to try to declutter my phone. I like the idea of making folders for apps. Like I could have a folder with all of Jack's apps because those drive me nuts. I've got like 15 of his games on my phone. Right, exactly. Um, So I'll report back to you how I do. Okay. (laughs) Coming up, we'll call one of the best and most prolific TV writers we've ever known to discuss her intense Hollywood hack. But first, this break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now it's time for this week's Hollywood Hack. We're phoning a friend for this one, Jane Espenson. We met Jane when we worked on Angel, and she was a writer on Buffy. Her credits include Once Upon a Time and Battlestar Galactica, among many, many, many others. (laughs) Jane has written on everything. She also wrote the famous Golden Crown scene, season one of Game of Thrones. And if you don't know what that is, then you're not a Game of Thrones fan. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. She is a genius. She really is one of the best writers we know or know of. And she has a genius hack. Mary, will you try Jane? Yep, one second. Okay. 
Hello. Hi, Jane. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Good to speak to you guys. Thank you so much for coming on Happier in Hollywood to talk about your incredible hack, which we've known <laughs> about for years and used for our own purposes, which is your Twitter writing sprint. Will you explain what that is? Yeah, it's a little motivational tool that I came up with for myself and realized like, oh, this can be like dispersed. <laughs> so I just, when I know I need to work, particularly if I've been putting off writing, as you know, that's easy to do. Oh, yes. uh, and I know I could get a lot done if I just had one focused hour where I didn't do anything else. And it occurred to me, if I go on Twitter and say, I'm going to do this, that'll hold me to it. Then I can't tweet for that hour. Right. Because <laughs> people would see me breaking the rules. And I thought, even better, why don't I say everybody else jump in if you want to? And people love it. You never have an hour anymore where you're only doing one thing. Yes. And I love that you always say, I'll just read one of your tweets. I'm doing a writing sprint, one hour of totally focused work on one task. Jump in with your own task if you would like. Doesn't have to be writing. Are you in? And so I love that it doesn't have to be writing. Yeah. Yeah. That I sort of figured out early on because a lot of people were asking, well, can I edit? Can I knit? Can I clean my apartment? Mm. And I was, yeah. These are all awesome things. Do, do those things. Right. It's a sprint of whatever you want to sprint at. I love the idea of a, of a knitting sprint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of people make their own Christmas gifts and stuff. And it's, it's it, it, anything you do for fun can be turned into a chore when, you're, <laughs> when you've got to get it done in a time period. And so it, I think I'm amazed at what people come up with to sprint. And I should mention, sometimes you go in for another. You'll be like, okay, yeah. I'm doing another hour. Who's with me? Yeah, because that's actually how the sprint is supposed to work, is that you promise yourself, okay, I can do this for an hour because it's only an hour, and at the end I can stop. But ideally, after you've been working for an hour or writing for an hour, you want to keep going because now you're in the task. Right. So it, it, ideally, that is just the first hour of several. Nice. And Jane, how many people do this with you? Do you, do you get a sense of it from Twitter? Early on, I did, because I would get a couple dozen people going, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And now people have realized, like, well, I, they can just jump in without saying right. that. <laughs> You're assume. not following I, up. You're not going to check. <laughs> right. I'm not going to check. There's no way to know. Um, but I, I assume I'm still getting the same number of people. Maybe not. Maybe maybe it's fallen to the three or four who now say, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> no, I'm, I think you have dozens. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I do too. When we I, do it, we don't say I'm in. We just do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just exactly. say when I see that you have a writing sprint, I feel pressure. I'm like, oh, my God, Jane's writing. <laughs> I should be writing or doing something productive. It actually makes me want to do something. I'm going to ask a question that's going to make me feel like a bad writer. But when you do these sprints, because you're fast. Like how much can you yes. write in a sprint? Oh, it entirely depends. If there's a scene that's just fighting back, all I may do is get a structure for the shape the scene should have. Uh -huh. But if I've got, you know, how we do in TV, you tend to go in with a really <laughs> detailed outline. You know, you can do an act. It's it's amazing what you can do in an hour. You can do an act. Yes. I don't know if I can do an act, but <laughs> others <laughs> may not realize that Jane Espenson is like fingers flying, oh, yes. brain speeding along. <laughs> uh, when it comes to dialogue, I am. When it comes to structure, yeah. I second guess 
everything. I have no confidence in myself with structure. So that's what I'm saying. If I'm structuring a thing, I don't get much done. But if I'm writing, and the fact that you know it's only for an hour, for some reason, that's jet fuel. Like you can just go so much faster if you know, I got to get a bunch done in one hour. That's all I have. Ah. Everybody needs to follow Jane on Twitter, at Jane Espenson, and take part in these sprints. So, Jane, hopefully our listeners will now sprint with you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And don't feel like you have to say, I'm in. Just jump (laughs) on in. Yay. Jane, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks, Jane. It's so fun to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. And now it's time for this week's celebrity sighting. This was a fun one. Yes. We saw Jenna Fisher, a.k.a. Pam from The Office, who we spoke to about her book, The Actor's Life, A Survival Guide, in episode 27. We were hiking, as we mentioned. We've been hiking a lot. (laughs) And we were on the trail, and I, I never see people. You always see them. But I said, there's Jenna Fisher, and she was wearing a birthday crown. Uh, So she stood out. She Um, was behind us by the time I realized it was her. Um, And we were like, oh, and we didn't say hi because we didn't want to bother her. Then the funny thing was (laughs) we (laughs) went to the office and you looked on Instagram and she had posted a picture of herself with her hiking friend who happened to be Angela Kinsey from the office. Yes, who played Angela. And they're best friends in real life. So it was just funny. We saw, it was like this real-time thing where we saw them, and then we saw them on Instagram, and I saw the birthday crown, so I knew that it was just taken. So that was super fun. Yeah, she's awesome. And of course, everyone must read The Actor's Life if you're in a creative field, if you're moving to L.A. It's It's so damn good. It is. And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. A very special thanks to Jane Espenson for talking to us today. You can follow her on Twitter, at Jane Espenson, to join in on the writing sprints. Thanks to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and to Jose Alcantar. Did I say that right? Yay! Um, For filling in for Chuck today and to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. Thank you to our assistant, the good witch, Mary Merkins. (laughs) And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft and Sarah is at S. Fain. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Kraft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. So, Jane, I have to note, when you did that, uh, the golden crown melting head scene on Game of Thrones, was that during a sprint? (laughs) <laughs> I, I had I invented the sprints yet I'm not sure oh. I had someone who knows the timeline should be able to check <laughs> but it might have been uh, but that you know that was in the novel so that was much more transcription than creation uh, well all I can say is that I think is one of the best scenes of television ever, ever. oh my god I couldn't believe that they assigned me the chunk of that book that had (laughs) uh, 
Kali uh, Z and the horse heart yes. and oh my God. the golden crown. Like I get that. Are you giving that to a freelancer? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, not just any freelancer. Yes. The best freelancer ever. Ah, <laughs> oh, you guys are the best. <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay. Jane, Jane, thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. From the Onward Project.